Chapter Fifteen of Twenty Two Goblins by Soma Deva, translated by Arthur William Ryder. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kirk Zickler. Fifteenth Goblin, the Fairy Prince Cloud Chariot and the Serpent Shellcrest, which is the more self-sacrificing. So the king walked along with the goblin, and the goblin said, "O king, listen to a story the like of which was never heard." there is a mountain called himalaya where all gems are found it is the king of mountains its proud loftiness is everywhere the theme of song the sun himself has not seen its top on its summit is a city called golden city brilliant like a heap of sunbeams left in trust by the sun there lived a glorious fairy king named cloud banner in the garden of his palace was a wishing tree which had come down to him from his ancestors King Cloudbanner had worshipped the tree which was really a god, and by its grace had obtained a son named Cloud Chariot. This son remembered his former lives. He was destined to be a Buddha in a future life. He was generous, noble, merciful to all creatures, and obedient to his parents. When he grew up, the king anointed him crown prince, persuaded thereto by his counsellors as well as by the remarkable virtues of the youth. While Cloud Chariot was Crown Prince, his father's counsellors came to him one day, and kindly said, Crown Prince, you must always honour this wishing tree in your garden, for it yields all desires, and cannot be taken away by anybody. As long as it is favourably disposed to us, the king of the gods could not conquer us, and of course nobody else could. Then Cloud Chariot thought, Alas! the men of old had this heavenly tree yet they did not pluck from it any worthy fruit they were mean-spirited they simply begged it for some kind of wealth and so they degraded themselves and the great tree too but i will get from it the wish which is my heart with this thought the noble creature went to his father he showed such complete deference as to delight his father then when his father was comfortably seated he whispered father you know yourself that in this sea of life all possessions including our own bodies are uncertain as a rippling wave especially as money fleeting uncertain fickle as the twilight lightning the only thing in life which does not perish is service this gives birth to virtue and glory twin witnesses through all the ages to come father why do we keep such a wishing tree for the sake of transient blessings our ancestors clung to it, saying, It is mine, it is mine. And where are they now? What is it to them, or they to it? Then, if you bid me, I will beg this generous wishing-tree for the one fruit that counts, the fruit of service to others. His father graciously assented, and Cloud Chariot went to the wishing-tree and said, O God, you have fulfilled the wishes of our fathers. Fulfill now my one single wish remove poverty from the world a blessing be with you go i give you the needy world and as cloud chariot bowed reverently there came a voice from the tree i go since you give me up and the wishing tree immediately flew from heaven and rained so much money on the earth that nobody was poor and cloud chariot's reputation for universal benevolence was spread about but all of the relatives were jealous and envious they thought that they could easily conquer Cloud Chariot and his father without the wishing tree, and they prepared to fight to take away his kingdom. But Cloud Chariot said to his father, Father, how can you take your weapons and fight? 
what high-minded man would want a kingdom after killing his relatives just for the sake of this wretched perishable body let us abandon the kingdom and go away somewhere to devote ourselves entirely to virtue then we shall be blessed in both worlds and let these wretched relatives enjoy the kingdom which they hanker after and cloud banner said my son i only want the kingdom for you and if you give it up from benevolent motives what good is it to me i am an old man so cloud chariot left the kingdom and went with his father and mother to the malabar hills there he built a hermit's retreat and waited on his parents one day as he wandered about he met friend wealth the son of all wealth who lived there as king of the sedaws and cloud chariot spoke to him and made friends with him then one day cloud chariot saw a shrine to the goddess gauri in the grove and entered there and he saw a slender lovely maiden surrounded by her girl friends and playing on a lute in honor of gauri the deer listened to her music and her song motionless as if ashamed because her eyes were lovelier than their own when cloud chariot saw the slender maiden his heart was ravished and he seemed to her to make the garden beautiful like the springtime a strange longing came over her she became so helpless that her friends were alarmed then cloud chariot asked one of her friends my good girl what is your friend's sweet name what family does she adorn and the friend said this is sandal sister of friend wealth and daughter of the king of the sidas then she earnestly asked for the name and family of cloud chariot from a hermit's son who had come with him and then she spoke to sandal with words punctuated by smiles my dear why do you not show hospitality to the fairy prince he is a guest whom all the world would be glad to honor but the bashful princess remained silent with downcast eyes then the friend said she is bashful except a hospitable greeting from me and she gave him a garland cloud chariot far gone in love took the garland and put it around sandal's neck and the loving sidelong grace which she gave him seemed like another garland of blue lotuses so they pledged themselves without speaking a word then a serving-maid came and said to the princess princess your mother remembers you come at once and she went slowly after drawing from her lover's face a passionate glance for which love's arrow had wedged a path and cloud chariot went to the hermitage thinking of her while she sick with the separation from the lord of her life saw her mother then tottered to her bed and fell upon it her eyes were blinded as if by smoke from the fire of love within her her limbs tossed in fever she shed tears and though her friends anointed her with sandal and fanned her with lotus leaves she found no rest on her bed or in the lap of a friend or on the ground then when the day fled away with the passionate red twilight and the moon drew near to kiss the face of the laughing east she despaired of life and her modesty would not let her send a message in spite of all her love but somehow she lived through the night and cloud chariot too was in anguish at the separation even in his bed he was fallen into the hand of love though his passion was so recent he had already grown pale though shame kept him silent his looks told of the pangs of love and so he passed the night in the morning he arose and went to the shrine of gauri and his friend the hermit's son followed him and tried to comfort him at that moment the lovelorn sandal came out of her house alone for she could not endure the separation and crept into that lonely spot to end her life there 
she did not see her lover behind a tree and with eyes brimming with tears she prayed to the goddess gauri o goddess since i could not in this life have cloud chariot as my husband grant that in another life at last he may be my husband then she tied her garment to the limb of an ashoka tree before the goddess and cried alas my lord alas cloud chariot they say your benevolence is universal why did you not save me but as she fastened the garment around her neck a voice from the sky was heard in the air my daughter do nothing rash cloud chariot the future king of the fairies shall be your husband and cloud chariot heard the heavenly voice and with his friend approached his rejoicing sweetheart the friend said to the girl here is the gift which the goddess grants you and cloud chariot spoke more than one tender word and loosened the garment from her neck with his own hand then a girl friend who had been gathering flowers there and had seen what was happening came up joyfully and said while sandal's modest eyes seemed to be tracing a figure on the ground my dear i congratulate you your wish is granted this very day prince friend wealth said in my presence to king all wealth your father father the fairy prince who deserves honor from all the world who gave away the wishing tree is here and we should treat him as an honored guest we could not find another bridegroom like him so let us welcome him with the gift of sandal who is a pearl of a girl and the king agreed and your brother friend wealth has this moment gone to the hermitage of the noble prince i think your marriage will soon take place so go to your chamber and let the noble prince go to his hermitage so she went slowly and happily and lovingly and cloud chariot hastened to the hermitage there he greeted friend wealth and heard his message and told him about his own birth and former life then friend wealth was delighted and told cloud chariot's parents who were also delighted then he went home and made his own parents happy with the news that very day he invited cloud chariot to his home and they made a great feast as was proper and married the fairy prince and sandal on the spot then cloud chariot was completely happy and spent some time there with his bride sandal one day he took a walk for pleasure about the hills with friend wealth and came to the seashore there he saw great heaps of bones and he asked friend wealth what creatures did these heaps of bones belong to his brother-in-law friend wealth said to the merciful prince listen my friend i will tell you the story briefly long ago kadru the mother of the serpents made a wager with her rival venata the mother of the great bird garuda she won the wager and enslaved her rival now garuda's anger continued even after he had freed his mother from slavery he kept going into the underworld where kadru's offspring the serpents lived to eat them some he killed others he crushed then vasuki king of the serpents feared that in time all would be lost if the serpents were all to be slain thus so he made an agreement with garuda he said o king of birds i will send one serpent every day to the shore of the southern sea for you to eat but you are never to enter the underworld again what advantage would it be to you if all the serpents were slain at once and garuda agreed with an eye to his own advantage since that time garuda every day eats the snake sent by vasuki here on the seashore and these heaps of bones from the serpents that have been eaten and in time formed a regular mountain when cloud chariot heard this story from the lips of friend wealth he was deeply grieved and said my friend wretched indeed is that king vasuki who deliberately sacrifices his own subjects to their enemy 
he is a coward he has a thousand heads yet you could not find a single mouth to say o garuda eat me first how could he be so mean as to beg garuda to destroy his own race or how can garuda the heavenly bird do such a crime oh so insolent madness so the noble cloud chariot made up his mind that he would use his poor body that day to save the life of one serpent at least at that moment a doorkeeper sent by friend welt's father came to summon them home and cloud chariot said do you go first i will follow so he dismissed friend wealth and remained there himself as he walked about waiting for the thing he hoped for he heard a pitiful sound of weeping at a distance he went a little way and saw near a lofty rock a sorrowful handsome youth he was at that moment abandoned by a creature that seemed to be a policeman and was gently persuading his old weeping mother to return and cloud chariot wished to know who it might be so he hid himself and listened his heart melting with pity the old mother was bowed down by anguish and started to lament over the youth o oh, shellcrest o oh, my virtuous son whom i fondled not counting the labor and the pain o oh, my son my only son where shall i see you again o oh, my darling when your bright face is gone your old father will fall into black despair how can he live then your tender form is hurt by the rays of the sun how can it bear the pangs of being eaten by garuda o oh, my unhappy fate why did the creator and the serpent king choose my only son from the broad serpent world and seize upon him and as she lamented the youth her son said mother i am unhappy enough why torture me yet more return home for the last time i bow before you it is time for garuda to come and the mother cried alas alas for me who will save my son and she gazed about wildly and wept aloud all this cloud chariot the future buddha saw and heard and with deep pity he thought alas this is a serpent named shellcrest sent here by vasoki for garuda to eat and this is his mother following him out of her great love he is her only son and she is mourning in pain and bitter anguish should i forever curse my useless life if i did not save one in such agony at the cost of a body which must perish anyway some day so cloud chariot joyfully approached and said to the old mother serpent mother i will save your son do not weep but the old mother thought that this was garuda and she screamed o garuda eat me eat me then shellcrest said mother this is not garuda do not be alarmed what a difference between one who soothes our feelings like the moon and the fearful garuda and cloud chariot said mother i am a fairy i come to save your son i will put on his garment and offer my own body to the hungry bird do you take your son and go home but the old mother said no no you are more than a son to me to think that such as you should feel pity for such as we and cloud chariot answered mother i beg you not to disappoint me but when he insisted shellcrest said noble being you have certainly shown compassion but i do not wish to save my body at the expense of yours who would save a common stone at the cost of a pearl the world is full of creatures like me who are merciful only to themselves but creatures like you who are merciful to all the world are very rare o pious being i could not stain the pure family of shellguard as the dark spot stains the disk on the moon 
Then Shellcrest said to his mother, Mother, return from this desolate place. Do you not see the rock of sacrifice wet with blood of servants, the terrible plain of death? I will go for a moment to the shore and worship the god Shiva there, and I will return quickly before Garuda comes. So Shellcrest took leave of his mother and went to worship Shiva, and Cloud Chariot thought, If Garuda should come in this interval, I should be happy. Then he saw the trees stiffening themselves against the wind made by the sweeping wings of the king of birds. Garuda is coming, he thought, and climbed the rock of sacrifice, eager to give his life for another. And Garuda straightway pounced upon the noble creature and lifted him from the rock in his beak. While Cloud Chariot's blood flowed in streams and the gem fell from his forehead, Garuda carried him off and began to eat him on the summit of the Malabar Hills. And while he was being eaten, Cloud Chariot thought, In every future life of mine may my body do some good to somebody. I would not attain heaven and salvation without doing some good first. Then a shower of flowers fell from heaven on the fairy prince. At that moment the blood-stained gem from his forehead fell in front of his wife Sandal. She was in anguish at the sight, and as her parents-in-law were near, she tearfully showed it to them. And they were alarmed at the sight of their son's gem, and wondered what it meant. Then King Cloudbanner discovered the truth by his magic arts, and he and his queen started to run with Cloud Chariot's wife Sandal. At that moment Shellcrest returned from his worship of Shiva. He saw the rock stained with blood, and cried, Alas for me, poor sinner! Surely that noble, merciful creature has given his body to Garuda in place of mine. I must find him. Where has the great being been carried by my enemy? If I find him alive, then I shall not sink into the slough of infamy. So he followed, weeping, the broad trail of blood. Now Garuda noticed that Cloud Chariot was happy while being eaten, and he thought, This must be some strange great being, for he is happy while I am eating him. He does not die, and what remains of him is thrilled with delight. And he turns a gracious, benevolent look upon me. Surely he is no serpent, but some great spirit. I will stop eating him and ask. But while he reflected, Cloud Chariot said, O king of birds, why do you stop? There is still some flesh and blood on me, and I see that you are not satisfied. Pray continue to eat. When the king of birds heard these remarkable words, he said, You are no serpent. Tell me who you are. But Cloud Chariot continued to urge him, Certainly I am a serpent. What does the question mean? Continue your meal. What fool would begin a thing and then stop? At that moment Shellcrest shouted from afar, O Garuda, do not commit a great and reckless crime. What madness is this? He is not a serpent. I am the serpent. And he ran between them and spoke again to the agitated bird. O Garuda, what madness is this? Do you not see that I have the hood and forked tongue? Do you not see how gentle his appearance is? While he was speaking, Cloud Chariot's wife Sandal and his parents hurried up. And when his parents saw how he was lacerated, they wept aloud and lamented. Alas, my son, alas, Cloud Chariot, alas for my merciful darling, who gave his life for others. But when they cried, Alas, Garuda, how could you do this thoughtless thing? Then Garuda was filled with remorse and thought, Alas, how could I be mad enough to eat a future Buddha? This must be Cloud Chariot, who gives his life for others, whose fame is trumpeted abroad through all the world. If he is dead, 
I am a sinner, and I ought to burn myself alive. Why does the fruit of the poison tree of sin taste sweet? While Garuda was thus deep in anxious thought, Cloud Chariot saw his relatives gathered, fell down, and died from the pain of his wounds. Then while his grief-stricken parents were loudly lamenting, while Shellcrest was accusing himself, Sandal looked up to heaven, and in a voice stammering with tears, reproached the goddess Gauri, who had graciously given her this husband. O oh, mother, you told me that the fairy prince should be my husband, but it is my fate that you spoke falsely. Then Gauri appeared in visible form, and said, Daughter, my words are not false. And she sprinkled cloud chariot with nectar from a jar, and straightway he stood up alive, unhurt, and more beautiful than before. And as they all bent low in worship, and Cloud Chariot rose only to bend again, the goddess said, My son, I am pleased with your gift of your own body. With my own hand I anoint you king of the fairies. And she anointed Cloud Chariot with liquor from a jar, and then disappeared, followed by the worship of the company. And showers of heavenly blossoms fell from the sky, and the drums of the gods were joyfully beaten in heaven. Then Garuda reverently said to Cloud Chariot, O king, I am pleased with you more than any human character, for you have done a strange thing of unparalleled nobility, to be marveled at throughout the universe, to be written upon the walls of heaven. Therefore I am at your service. Choose from me what boon you will. The noble creature said to Garuda, O Garuda, you must repent and eat no more serpents, and you must restore to life those that you ate before, who are now nothing but bones. And Garuda said, So be it, I will eat no more serpents hereafter, and those that I have eaten shall come to life. Then all the serpents who had been eaten down to the bones suddenly stood up, and through the grace of Gauri all the leading fairies learned immediately the wonderful deed of Cloud Chariot. So they all came and bowed at his feet, and took him, freshly anointed by the very hand of Gauri, with his rejoicing relatives and friends to the Himalaya mountain. There Cloud Chariot lived happily with his father and his mother and his wife Sandal and friend Wealth, and the generous Shellcrest, and he ruled the fairy world radiant with gems. When the goblin had told this long, strange story, he said to the king, O king, tell me, which was more self-sacrificing? cloud chariot or shell crest if you know and do not tell me then the curse i mentioned before will be fulfilled and the king said there was nothing remarkable in what cloud chariot did he was prepared for it by the experiences of many past lives but shell crest deserves praise he was saved from death his enemy had another victim and was far away yet he ran after and offered his body to garuda when the goblin heard this, he went back to the sisu tree, and the king returned to catch him again. End of chapter 15 Recording by Kirk Ziegler, Ogden, Utah, voiceovers by Kirk.com.